going to be part two of a four-part series that we're doing right now called Lessons from Lenin, in which I've generated three lessons and some concluding remarks from my reading of Lenin's What is to be Done, such a foundational text for any Marxist out there. And in this episode, we're going to discuss lesson two. So if you haven't started with lesson one, I would recommend starting there, uh, the previous episode, which was on ideological struggle. And as I mentioned in the first episode, the full essay that includes all three lessons and the concluding remarks, again, which will be on mass work in the principal task of our situation here in the U.S., will soon be found on patreon.com slash faithandcapital. So if you want to read through these three lessons and the final reflection on mass work, then head on over to Patreon for a dollar, a few bucks, and find that essay there. Oh, and uh, last thing, we're also on YouTube now. So uh, you can find our YouTube channel in the show notes or just Google it and you can check out some of our episodes there. All right, that's all I got. Let's go ahead and dive into lesson number two. Lesson number two. Political exposure must be comprehensive as opposed to merely economistic. In order to grasp the meaning of comprehensive political exposure, let's start with the meaning of what Lenin contrasts it with, economistic exposure. First of all, Lenin is talking about exposures because he understands that in order for the masses' consciousness and activity to be developed, because again, Correct analysis, strategy, and tactics, correct thinking, and successful struggle won't spontaneously drop down from the heavens and into the minds and programs of revolutionaries or the masses. Revolutionary organizations need to aid the masses in interpreting the meaning of their experiences by exposing the truth about why they and their loved ones are suffering in the manner that they are and what they must do in order to solve their political and material problems. Exposures are also opportunities to arouse the actual energy, discontent, anger, or frustration of the people into mass actions, and eventually participation in the mass democratic organizations in the democratic front, or in the people's army or local militia. As Maoists in the U.S., Exposing is one of our tools for presently expanding our cadre organizations and, in the future, deepening our party, mass participation in our Democratic Front organizations, and the new People's Army and local militias. And so, while exposures are a means of revealing the truth and mobilizing the people, the question still remains, what must be revealed and to what ends? As was the case with many self-proclaimed pro-labor theorists and organizations during Lenin's time, it is common among unionists in the U.S. today in particular to reduce their work, or at least give primacy to, economistic exposures. Concretely, while we are starting to see this more and more from the CPUSA and DSA, I'm particularly thinking of our unions here as well. The National Education Association and the American Federation of Teachers, representing teachers in all levels of education. The Service Employee International Union, popularly known as SEIU, representing primarily healthcare, public service, and property service workers. The AFSCME, or the American Federation of State, County, and Municipal Employees, representing public employees. 
You've got the Teamsters, the United Food and Commercial Workers, United Auto Workers, United Steel Workers, International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Labor's International Union of North America, Fight for 15, and Unite Here, whom I have had personal experience with salting as a fast food worker. The campaigns and slogans of these organizations reveal that economism ideologically dominates our unions, at least presently. So, what are economistic exposures? Economistic exposures tend to single out workers at their places of work. They're almost solely concerned with workplace issues, trade concerns, labor law, and oftentimes mere material wages as opposed to workplace conditions, management, and the day-to-day workplace experience. At worst, economistic exposing tends to imbue workers with simple individual workplace or trade consciousness. At best, economistic exposing develops a larger class consciousness that sees the need for economic modification and labor reform through electoral and legislative means. Economistic exposures make no attempt, reveal no desire, to develop revolutionary consciousness and an understanding of the need to win political power. And inseparable from this all, economistic exposures fail to point toward any basic understanding of the internal colonization of indigenous people and lands, Africans, Latinos, and Asians, capitalism's structural oppression of women and LGBTQ plus people, our economy's relation to U.S. imperialism abroad, etc. These types of exposures may speak of racism or sexism, but these issues, alongside the concerns of workers, are nothing a strong union in the election of more progressive representatives can't fix. Essentially, these types of actions reveal, on the part of the organizers, a general lack in understanding of the nature of the problem the toiling masses face here, the particular tasks of our given stage of struggle, as well as the only means of ending the people's exploitation and colonization. Comprehensive political exposure, on the other hand, assumes very different theory, strategy, and tactics altogether. Comprehensive political exposure understands that all of our mass work, our arousal, mobilizing, organizing, and education, whether that be with workers and tenants, against their bosses, landlords, and local militarized police forces, black communities against the direct violence of pigs, fascists, and neighbors swept up into anti-community practices and habits, students against institutionalized oppression, white supremacists and misogynists, prostitutes against cops, pimps, johns, and men in general, religious minorities against Christian supremacist or generally racist school teachers, students, and school boards, etc. All of our mass work is to serve the development of the consciousness and activity of the laboring and oppressed masses toward the ultimate solution of overthrowing the ruling bourgeois colonizer class through revolution. And no, protracted people's war is not simply armed struggle. Only someone who hasn't done the slightest bit of study would make such an absurd claim. Protracted people's war entails developing a democratic front made up of mass organizations like religious, communal, and cultural organizations as well. But to be a Marxist today is to be a Maoist, and Maoists refuse to deceive the people with the farce of reforming our society into a wholly other world 
without an armed fight. Colonizers and bourgeoisies have never given up their class position without facing armed struggle, and they never will. So, the first main difference between economistic and comprehensive exposure is the actual aim of the agitation and propaganda. Revolution, not reform. But the second main difference can be seen in the tactics as well. Comprehensive political mass actions assumes that the revolutionary movement is led by an organization who understands that the working class and internally colonized nations don't just work. Their job is not the only place where they are burdened with the weight of their social oppression and class position. Every protest, every discontent, every frustration, every moment of mourning is to be seen as an opportunity to awaken the masses to greater levels of consciousness action, and struggle. Comprehensive political exposures would reach far beyond simple workplace or trade struggles and would see the Black Lives Matter protest, the meeting of black and brown mothers upset about white harassment in their children's schools, the complex of tenants who are being ignored by management, tomorrow's eviction of a family, the child who dies by suicide or overdose, the raid, kidnapping, and deportation of a Latina or Asian, the indigenous woman or two-spirited or trans person that goes missing, the next time a co-worker is sexually harassed or racially targeted, the sadness expressed about the next war our ruling class drags us into, the frustration expressed to the next reduction of public school funds, the anger towards the construction of a pipeline across indigenous lands, the next tear shed in response to the slow death wrought by gentrification. All of these moments should be seen as opportunities to expose the truth, systematize the ideas of the people, and organize for action. Every one of these issues are inseparable from the fact that nearly 160 million people in the goddamn United States are members of internally colonized nations brought here to produce super profits for America's dominant class of white capitalists. Every one of these issues are connected to the fact that they are in the working class, perhaps the petty bourgeoisie, but not counted among the ruling bourgeoisie. Comprehensive political exposure means we turn every bad experience, every violation of the body, every affliction felt in the minds and spirits of the people into an opportunity to agitate against our enemies and propagandize for greater degrees of mass action and mass participation. Even if your mass work is in a unionized or non-unionized workplace, do workers need to fight the boss? No, duh. But communists do not believe that the working masses are stupid. We should never insult the people with such elementary education. Organized workers in the U.S. should be discussing global politics, feminist theory, and the history of U.S. colonization and imperialism. They should be debating and holding events on local issues the greater community is facing. And they should be organized into secret study groups where they study Marxism, Leninism, Maoism. Comprehensive political mass work should strengthen the minds of the people, not mystify their exploitation. Comprehensive political mass work will teach the people that they are the makers of history, not organizers or friendly politicians. And finally, comprehensive political mass work should awaken the people to their historical task, 
not turn them away from it. Now, there are numerous reasons as to why a so-called Marxist might opt for economistic as opposed to comprehensive tactics. For one, they may simply have taken up the bourgeois mantle of revising revolutionary science to the point where they believe reform, not revolution, is how exploited classes and social democracies can get free. Or perhaps the economistic agitator is merely dogmatic and one-sided in their thinking, assuming that workplace issues and wages are the only thing the masses are concerned with. Of course, this error is only possible if you reject doing scientific assessment and class analysis and truly immersing yourself within the masses. Yet, just as Lenin had struggled against the failures of economism put into practice, so too we must utilize every opportunity to carry our movement to greater horizons and higher summits. Which means political exposure must be comprehensive as opposed to merely economistic. Thanks for tuning in to Lesson 2 of our Lessons from Lenin series. Find the full essay soon on patreon.com slash faithandcapital, and I hope you tune into Lesson 3 in just a few days when it's ready for release. All right, love and solidarity to you all. We'll talk soon.